Thank you for listening to Unrepresented, a podcast series dedicated to exploring and identifying issues of representation in public leadership, business, nonprofit, organizations, and today, the paranormal. Just a little disclaimer for this episode of Unrepresented. Even though we're talking about scary stories and kind of kooky rememberings of Halloween, um, there is mentioning of suicide and suicide ideation. And so we just want to give our audience a heads up. Some of those issues do come up in our discussion of uh, intuition and family scary stories. We are cusping on the season of a pagan and Christian merriment. Halloween, Dia de los Muertos, All Saints Day. And we all have our scary stories. Those of our families and cultures of origins, our own mythologies. That could be the story of La Llorona, La Lechuza, even the Chupacabra. Or maybe you had a boogeyman growing up or an Irish banshee. Some stories were meant to keep us from harm or get us to go to bed. But modern cinema and commercialism has in some ways confused this communion with the past and its spirits with something scary and and sometimes turns culture into something else, something gory or frightening. We've seen this with indigenous traditions like Dia de los Muertos, which have been co-opted in movies and cartoons. I mean, who didn't love Coco? The story of a boy who, who needs the help of his ancestors after slipping into the afterlife accidentally. The stylized look of the calavera, the skeleton face, has been misperceived as something haunting when in fact it's a homage to those we've lost. I'm joined today celebrating all of this with cultural tales and scary stories of our own by a fellow Latinita staffer, Cristina Castro. She's Latinita's communications director and will be joining me for this episode of Unrepresented. Now this podcast is usually exploring representation and inclusion through a variety of themes and platforms, through the voices of those working on the front lines for equity in media, public leadership, technology. But in this case, we're going to bring it to folklore and scary stories. So welcome, Christina. Welcome to Unrepresented. Hello, everyone. Very exciting to be here and talk about spooky stuff. (laughs) For you, like, what were the traditional stories that you grew up that were particularly around this time of year, like Halloween or Dia de los Muertos? What were the things and were they meant to scare you? I feel that they were meant to more like inform rather than scare. I feel like it affects people differently and how it's said affects people differently. And who the information is coming from as well is something very much a acid to how you incorporate these stories. and how. What do you mean? Like whether it's coming from your grandmother? Uh-huh. Um, If it's coming from my grandma, I mean, I feel like she's meant to protect us. She was meant to not scare us, but the content can be scary. Example, growing up, she told us about an exorcism that she firsthand heard down the street happen, and she swears by it. Like, this is something I heard. I swear to God, it's not fake. It was real. I heard these horrible noises coming from this girl, and um she sounded horrific you know and why would my grandmother tell me these stories I don't think it's to scare me maybe it was to scare me who knows freak you out yeah like how was what was your reaction I did freak out I was like oh my gosh I felt this sense of like a shiver down my spine you know like oh my gosh like this is a real story coming from 
someone who I trust, you know, it's very interesting. Where do your stories come from? Like, where do your, is that where your superstitions come from? Are there other ones? They they mostly come from people that I know. I've mentioned this. I've actually wanted to start my own podcast regarding scary stories, you know, because I feel somehow always in the context of my conversations that I have with people that I enjoy speaking with, I always bring up, well, have you ever had a ghostly encounter? Because I've had one or two weird experiences happen unexplainable but other people have told me so many so it got me curious like how real is it to them and how does it affect their day-to-day life and or overall life perspective in general you know this one time when i was little my aunt told me a scary story that once again sent shivers down my spine and i was like how how is this real she basically told me that this one time she was playing hide and go seek and that she went to the back of the shed and everyone it was with her friends growing up in their neighborhood you know they would play hide and go seek it was the past time so she went to the back of the shed she was there she said that she heard whispering and whispering like talking like she couldn't comprehend what it was saying but it was making noise and they were playing hide and seek this noise was gonna make her be found so she looks back And she's like, shh, be quiet. You're being too loud. In her words, it was a black figure silhouette with a foot of a chicken and a foot of a cow. Yeah. She said she turned completely white and she ran and she couldn't speak to the neighbor's mom. She was just like in shock. She was just, she was so scared. She's like, they told me to calm down. They gave me a spoonful of sugar and they just tried their best to comfort me in that moment and I was like what like why are you telling me a 12 year old at a carnival like EMI (laughs) but honestly it was it was like wow like I can't believe this actually happened to my aunt and she swears by it 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 happened to her it was real to her you know and it yeah yeah so many years later and it still impacts her yeah you're preaching to the choir like I always say to my, you know, my future in-laws, I mean, I feel like they have the shining. There's definitely like a presence in their house. They're about to sell their family home of forever and they're moving closer by. And whenever we have visited there, I always feel like something sort of like attaches itself to me. And I'm, I'm super grateful that they understand that. And my future mother-in-law actually has a story of like where she felt as if a, a presence, you know, came on to her in the middle of the night. And, and like my boyfriend, he always gets like uncomfortable when she starts telling the story, but mm-hmm. I mean, it was, re- it was very real to her. And, and it's so real that, you know, she feels she's communicating it as if there was a, a being in the room. And so maybe some families have the, that intuition as you were, we were talking before the interview. Yeah. Like I find it like comforting knowing that other people have similar weird, ex- unexplainable experiences And two, one of my pet peeves when people want to unvalidate these experiences for people because it's very real to them. It was very real to my aunt. It's very real to many other people that confide in me and be like, I've been scared to say these stories for so many years because I don't want people to think I'm crazy, you know, basically down to it. They want to be perceived as crazy. And nowadays, word crazy can be manipulated in too many, many different ways and has a very bad stigma. So in our culture, being crazy is something you don't want to be, you know, like loca or anything. You know, like you were saying before, I mean, a lot of these ghosts are 
yeah, my experience has been a good ghost. Like when my grandmother died, I mean, my grandmother was blind. So I was new to, you know, back in New York city as a young woman, I had grown up around there and in there. And, but I was really like on my own living on my own. And I remember there were a few occasions, like uh, when the subway broke down, where you're getting out and it's two o'clock in the morning and you're, you know, as a woman, you're thinking this was a bad idea. <laughs> you know, you're just, you're in a really, you know, just non-populated area. It's, you know, this, that emptiness is scary. Uh-huh. And, and I know my grandmother was with me and I know that's not something she could have done in living. She definitely needed a lot of our help. Mm-hmm. And for that whole year that I was like new to being, you know, in my twenties and on my own, she was definitely there. And then it's sort of like, it dissipated. I became comfortable where I was. I'm also remembering, <laughs> you know, I shared with you, like, I'm not cursed. Oh, yes. But I have, I've lost three boyfriends young and they weren't with me at mm-hmm. the time of their passing. And there's one in particular that unalived himself. And I think there is some sort of unfinished experience here. And I do around his birthday, mm-hmm. again, there's just a sense, maybe I hear like the guitar strings hit, just like you're saying, like, you feel like a weirdo saying it out loud, but yeah. there's no dog. There was no dog near that guitar. It was not a windy day. And, you know, just the synchronicity with that was the day he was born, but also he chose that day to to leave mm-hmm. this world. I tend to think he may still be sort of hanging around. Yeah, and people see people still hanging around. I mean, that is very common. And going back to the story of that other person who confided in me, she was telling me, she's like, oh yeah, I've seen ghosts my whole life. She's like, sometimes I have to pretend to be asleep because if they see me awake, they'll come up to me and talk to me and want to give information out to people. But some people take that information with like mediums they're all for it but it scares her it has always scared her i almost think it's it's even more legit i think when someone's having that experience mm-hmm. what, what about like the traditional stories so llorona is a pretty common story and all across like latino cultures from puerto rico to mexico you know just for context for those listening the, the story of llorona he is uh she has children of her own, but she falls in love with this man. He sort of uh, manipulates her to, um, like, I don't want these children in my life. She drowns her children in the river, and then she's haunted by that, right? And so she's always sort of around the river. The, the man abandons her. And I mean, there's a whole probably like story behind that, right? Was she- that anything that, you know, your grandparents used to get mm-hmm. you to go to sleep at night so you wouldn't? get out of bed yeah at times it would be like oh so what scary stories do y'all have and it was always like going back to that's one of the main ones that we always used to talk about how she drowned her kids in the river she's in purgatory stuck looking for them yelling Ay, mis niños, you know and I've never had any personal encounters I don't know like geographically where they're located because a lot of people have said they hear her here in Mexico, here in Mexico, you know, here, over here by Laredo. The wailing woman, right? She's uh, crying out in pain. Mm -hmm. And that's the crazy part. Sometimes the legend is so real within the people that maybe who knows, you know, it lives on in ways that we can't comprehend just like the things that happen personally to people who says it's not real, you know, it's happening to them. So some people legit hear this wailing woman and have audio recorded like this is what I heard 
listen to it, you know, and that's just like flabbergasting to me. I mean, sometimes it is, you know, I'm not that naive. I understand that people can be like, there's like fake evidence, you know, but for the most part, I really think how far are people willing to fake this evidence? And what if it is real, you know, because people are going to question it either way, your own experiences that are very real to you, people will question. So it's really up to you and what's real and what's fake. I mean, you were saying something earlier before we were talking like, well, and is it, is it, are we more intuitive as females? I, I, and I find when something happens, like, I think if I was waiting around for it to happen, it wouldn't happen. But I, I had a really powerful mentor here in Austin, such an amazing person. He had launched a, a nonprofit teaching mm-hmm. dance. So he taught traditional folklorico, but also modern and grew up, you know, on the East side, probably have taught, has taught dance to thousands of kids, keeping it no or low cost. So yeah, he definitely was, um, he opened the doors for Latinitas to help us launch our first program. You know, he tied something in with the dance program and writing. Mm-hmm. So he passed away, right, you know, during COVID, or it was right before. Um, and he was such a strong person. When I finally heard what was going on, I didn't quite believe that he was in any real danger, but he, he died quicker before I could get to see him. Um, mm-hmm. And some other people did get to see him and the city hosted a really nice honoring of him at the Mexican-American Cultural Center. Anyway, so maybe like a week or two passed after that. And I always use that route to go where I exercise and, and walk the trail. And I'm standing there and somebody just pokes me in the back. Like, you know, or nobody was there. So mm-hmm. I think the intuitiveness is interesting because I was like, oh, that was Rudy. Mm-hmm. He was like either like I'm here Mm-hmm. or I'm around you, or maybe he heard me because we were all able to say something about him as, at his event, you know, at, at the event. So maybe he liked what I said, or he is the kind of person, maybe he didn't like what I said. Yeah, who knows? Um, you know? But he did pull me really hard. And again, it's like, you, you go, did that happen? Yeah, mm-hmm, I've had that. Well, you kind of can guess. I have always been able to guess, like, mm, I think that that might be them. Yeah, and sometimes just, you can't explain it's in, in, inexplicable how you know and that is what I feel woman's intuition is you know we've talked about I mean did I tell you the time that I was leaving my house and something told me to not open the door mitts in my tracks hand about to turn the knob something told me to stop I literally froze my brain had to catch up with my body action I was like why did I wait And as soon as I thought that question, I heard three loud bangs and I'm thinking to myself, well, who is that? Oh, I could walk out, right? I was already on my way out. Wait, but no, you already know your mom always told you, look before you open the door. Who's knocking at the door? Daphne wasn't expecting anybody. It was 1130 at night. So I looked. that woman's intuition told me, no, look. So I looked, and it was this man. It was this old white man with his mask on with his car parked in my driveway behind my car, lights turned off everything, and he's asking me, oh, hey, with his phone out, kind of like looking at his phone, looking at my address, saying, oh, hey, I have a a delivery. I have a delivery. And I'm thinking to myself, delivery? I'm on my way out to go get Whataburger. And I was thinking, no, I think you have it wrong. But he was waiting for me to open the door. He was like, so we can continue the conversation. And I said, oh, no, sir. Like, 
you can talk to me through the window. I could hear you perfectly fine. And he was just being really weird. Red flag number one, he didn't have no delivery in his hand. No food. Where's the food, sir, that you're delivering? Every delivery food person has the food in their hand. Two, it was unannounced and it was late. I don't even think Faber was open at that time. Um, three, he wanted me to open the door very adamantly. If not, he was not going to talk. So once my boyfriend heard me kind of struggling or talking to someone, he was like, who is she talking to? She was going to go get some food, you know? And he comes up and he's like, who is it? And I was like, I don't know. It's this man. He's asking about a delivery. As soon as he saw me talk to someone else and he saw my boyfriend come up, he just walks away and goes into his car and leaves. And I mean, I, I swear to you, if I didn't listen or something told me to stop, I think this man was going to hurt me. Like, I honestly believe it. Yeah. I feel it in my bones. Like, I was not meant to leave. I was yeah. not meant to go. Yeah. yeah. And it's it was- real scary because that ha- that happens, you know? No, my boyfriend wouldn't have guessed anything different because I was leaving already, you know, like he, it would have probably been maybe 30 minutes max before anything would have been like, oh, where is she? Why is she taking so long? You know, like, who knows? Like, yeah, yeah. and it's hard to determine, like, it's well, the feeling is it combined with, is there some sort of outside force, mm -hmm. you know, back to the ghosts? Is it like, you know, some sort of protective, yeah, yeah, like relative, again, the ancestors, like making sure we're okay. And yeah, I'm, I'm totally into those things. I, um, I was young and I was going to a sports camp and I was driving back and I was going way too fast and the road was ending really quick. And there was a stop sign on the highway mm-hmm. unexpectedly. And I, I just know I didn't stop the car. <laughs> like I was standing on the brake I definitely should have crashed into the car that was in front of me. Um, I felt something, yeah, like something moved the wheel. So is there like a destiny? Is there, again, is there someone protecting us? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. What if they're just going back to the ghosts? What if they're ghosts in purgatory, wandering about, you know, safe? Yeah, who knows? Or is it our past deceased loved ones? Like, I had me thinking, what if that was my grandmother making sure I was okay, you know? I don't know. Are there any other scary stories that you can think of or things that, you know, yeah. Or any of the traditional stories that someone told you and had an effect on you? Are people afraid of the chupacabra in Laredo? In Laredo, sometimes they talk about seeing like weird creatures out in ranches. Most definitely. That's something I've heard. Like people, even ranches in Mexico, people have told me that they've seen things. They've heard things. There's one in the valley, this old deserted church. I'm not sure what that ranches or that church is called, but it's a cursed church. Cursed by first, do you know? Yes, because an old soldier, Spanish soldier, when there was war down there, said that he basically gave him his soul to the devil. <laughs> and then um go figure, lol. No one can hear see me, but um, I'm wearing you can't, you can't see Christina, but she is wearing devil horns. Because yeah. we are in the spirit of the spirit. So Halloween is part of our, our energy here amongst other parts. of. Halloween. We're very into the spooks and the cuckoos. But yes, he gave his soul supposedly to the devil and he shed blood all over the inside of it, cursing it. And that's why people don't go there because they see things. And that's happened to actually my sister-in-law. She's seen some crazy things out there. Yeah, like 
I know. I would say you'd see the news stories and you couldn't tell if they were fake or not, you know, of what people perceive the chupacabra could be. Um, you know, it looked like a little, kind of like a little dog hog looking thing. Yeah, um, like it looks kind of like a, like a hyena, but with not a hyena look. No hair. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to yeah. that church. I kind of want the listeners to know about it. Curious. What the church is. In the interim, I mean, I'm from New Jersey, right? I'm from New York and New Jersey. And so New York is super haunted. I would say really? New Orleans beats New York as far as haunted. And I love like, and maybe that's what I love about New Orleans too. Like you can just feel, um, I mean, sometimes a city has an energy. I've been to say, yeah. New Jersey. We're known for the New Jersey devil. Actually, we there is actually this folklore and it's you know it's part of like growing up there and you learn about it in school and the stories of the jersey devil you know yeah. new Jersey's so small comparatively to like texas where we're doing this show but it's so dense like there's so much there right you can go to the beach you can go to the city it's got country and the, the part where the jersey devil live is called the, the pine barrens okay. which is, it was depicted in the sopranos they have a scene where they you know, a couple of the characters get lost in the Pine Barrens and it's, it's real desolate and it's very dense. Like it's a dense forest. And apparently, yeah, that's where the Jersey devil lives. It's and what crazy. is this Jersey it's devil? It's a little devil, just like your devil horns that you're wearing. <laughs> like, oh my God. So I don't know what mischief he does. I don't know if he kills you. I can't remember that. I just remember what he looked like. He was a little devil looking <laughs> dude. <laughs> would think like a like a gnome kind of like a he's small he's a small oh. guy but then he had like the devil you know little devil goatee oh my god devil horn. i mean was there anything like that in laredo like a little character guy yeah uh duendes that's what they're called duendes what is it we have these things called duendes when i was growing up when i used to live in a trailer home with my parents that we would be visited by duendes because all my stuff would show up in one corner of the house and i i would look for how it, you get, it so how do you spell it it's a gwendis like when this no, like gwendis, like d-u-n-d-e-s i could be wrong honestly okay. but that's like how i would put it so people. it's like a gremlin yeah move your stuff around steal your stuff take your jewels your gold gwendis wait this is a great segue for my hat problem so do you think yeah. maybe I have a duendes? Like, yeah, what if like they took it because they liked it? It's only temporary. And yeah, like, yeah. yeah. uh-huh. Yeah. I think I not. sound like the crazier one in these stories because no. like so for context for everyone, I have my Yankee hat. I'm again I'm from New Jersey, grew up, grew up there in New York City. I have my Yankee hat. It was like part of my birthday gift. I put it in my closet where I put all my hats and Sunday. I could not find it. I had my other hats. I had my other Yankee hat, but not my new one that I'm wearing right now. And then yesterday I opened up my closet and there it was right in the front. I mean, I turned you know 50 this year. Sure. Is it dementia? No, you know for sure in your bones that you put it there. There would be no other place you'd put it because it has so much. Right in front of me. Yeah, it has so it much. Been, it was right in front of me where I was like digging around mm-hmm. for my hats mm-hmm. uh, going, I don't want that one. And uh, or it was Saturday. Remember? And then, so then I was wearing like so many Latinitas things, too many. I had a <laughs> Latinitas hat because I really wanted this hat. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and for sure, it wasn't your son, right? He didn't go in and be like, "Mom's cool." Nope. No, he t- he said today he had to. Today was hat day at school, and he's like, "I don't want to wear a hat." He's just not. He's not a hat person. Like, his no, mom. yeah. So you see exactly. You know, people would be like, "Well, are you sure it wasn't your family member?" It's like, no, y'all. I would know if it's them, you know? So explain to me who moved it, why they move it, you know? Why is it back today? What did you do with it? <laughs> who knows? I mean, how do you think you're going to pass these stories on, What you know, if you have children? And, you know, you're part of Latinitas, so there's a bunch of chicas in your world now. What would you want to pass along to them or or how would you pass it along? I guess these stories, they're valid in the sense that it was very real to this person. So let's honor it in how they experienced it. I never like to discredit people um, in their feelings or unvalidate them. I would just hear it as it is. Obviously, we can have our own opinions at the end of the day. But whatever is real to you is real to you. You know, you take it as how you hear it and you go with how you feel from it. Um, because I don't ever want to invalidate anybody. I want them to feel valid, you know? So I guess I would pass them down and be like, don't get that scared because it might be fake, but also it might be real. <laughs> I've noticed, and, and, you know, you have to be conscious of also that you're sharing what you're sharing. So with my son, every now and again, if there's like a bunch of flies around me, you know, it's usually two. And if they're really bugging me, Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's super infrequent. It's not like there's flies in my house or anything. If, but if there are two that are bugging me, I'm like, Uncle Frankie, Uncle Bot, leave me alone. Like, and because I, I used to shout out to my relatives. A lot of my relatives have died young. We're Irish. Mm-hmm. We are very typically Irish. I don't think there's anyone who's escaped, you know, the, everything that's associated with being Irish, mm-hmm. drinking too much, smoking too much, yelling too much you know, too much uh, meat and potatoes. So, you know, a lot of people died young. And then they were also kind of problematic. You know, maybe they left their legacy to with my cousins and with my mom and dad. Anyway, so sometimes I yell out at them, like, you need to help me out because you were really difficult in life. And now I need you to show up. And then, but when the flies come, I don't know what, I don't know why I started that. But I, maybe I do feel like if they're bugging me, they're just wanting to be reminded, like mm-hmm. we're still part of your life and, or we're still looking out for you or we just want to bother you as we always have. Yeah, and now my son, every time a fly's in the house, he's yelling at them, Uncle Frankie, Uncle Bobby. And I, I like that. I, I do wonder is that the right story to pass along <laughs> <laughs> to your kid? I mean, I feel like that's a very loving memory. You're keeping them, the people that you hold near and dear to your heart. And it's actually, in my opinion, coming from a lot of friends who don't even talk about death or the afterlife with their family because it's one of their biggest fears. You know, um, I was introduced at a very young age that death is like life you know it is one of the most certain things that we're going to do it's who we are as human nature that we have a beginning of life and we have an end of life so what happens in between you know there's a bunch of things that can happen in between and it's nice to know that you bring up your loved ones like in Coco, you know how the veil is so thin it's like they're not here but they are here you know and who knows because we 
we haven't died and come back to tell that story, you know, and the people that do, have you ever heard of the I Survived Death documentaries of the people that have actually died, had their experiences and come back? Have you heard how similar they are? Yeah. People that don't even know each other, you yeah. know? That's what's crazy to me. And that's what makes me think maybe there is life after death, whatever that is for people, you know, it's a trend yeah, or the continuum. Right. And then we're on this continuum, you know, we come with like it's, we're you know, energy memories that, yeah, that came from somewhere else that we inherited. You know, I, I was very connected with my grandmother cause she lived with us and uh, right before she died, she actually saw her, her mom and her dad and her siblings at the end. And then my that uncle Bobby, the fly and my mom were getting really upset. They were like yelling, like, tell them to go away. You know, they knew mm-hmm. um, she was leaving them and, and she still, you know, she hadn't died in that moment when it did happen. I don't know. I just knew I was in my job. I was sitting in my cubicle. It was like three something in the afternoon. And I just was like, I don't know. I could just feel it. Mm. And, and my mom called maybe minutes later. And I, of course I knew why. Yeah. I think like, I was happy to be that connected and yeah, that the, the ghosts are ghosts are not scary. They're not in anything. Sometimes they're understood. Maybe they're, they're misunderstood. Or they're like hope for people that are scared of death. You know, I do believe that there's a place beyond here. Maybe it is here, just a different realm. I mean, going back to my personal paranormal experiences, I heard someone cough in like daylight in the other room. I was home alone. My my partner left with his family to Mexico. I couldn't go that one time. So I stayed behind and I was fine staying by myself. Loved their home. Never had a sense of anything there. As soon as they left, closed the garage. Everybody left. I was on my computer like we are right now. Typing away. I hear a legit loud cockle. <coughs> and the amount of thoughts that come flooding in my initial reaction was my eyes open up I'm like did I just hear that I started ringing my ears because I was like really questioning my senses my basic senses I'm like did I I heard I heard that you know like I that was real life I heard this cough right now right here right now who coughed so I go in, hesitant, I call my boyfriend, I'm like, I heard a cough here, I don't know if it's a person, I don't think it's a person, we have barbed wires, you know, like, our windows, there's no, there's no way someone can be in here, everybody just left, and of course I went, and there was no one there, the whole house, no one was there, so who coughed? Who coughed? <laughs> I know! Who coughed? Who has a gargajo? Like, who has a loogie stuck in their throat? <laughs> Are you the most superstitious person of all the people you know, or is there someone else like a parent? No, my mom, she's very religious and very superstitious. So it just goes hand in hand. I feel like with how we were raised, how we were introduced to death, you know, my grandma always thought it was a peaceful thing as well. You know, she knew, don't worry. It's natural. You shouldn't be afraid of ghosts. I was always taught to never be afraid of them. You know, don't get me wrong though. It does freak me out that freaked me out like I was like what the heck was that you know that's what I'm saying it's like you you couldn't I don't think I could be one of those paranormal hunters because I I don't think they I, maybe they can conjure it if it's I guess the forces are that powerful but I feel like it's always unexpected it's always when your consciousness is like you know not really paying attention to that and then your brain has to like register that it happened I was gonna ask I, I, I would say I mean my mom 
I, she has kind of led on that I guess yeah she shares that intuition too my mom's like weird like she then she won't like tell you about it you know you're so then you're intrigued and then she's like, well I can't I can't tell you about it she also had all those other things of like don't put shoes on the table don't drop your purse on the don't leave your purse on the floor I do find like I still follow all those things mm-hmm. um, and some of them come from you know growing up you know, having grandparents that were from real rural, poor Ireland or, or New York city, like, you know, it was like close quarters. So I don't know, like shoes on the table also sounds like a cleanliness issue. Um, but yeah, I, I love all that stuff. I think there's probably more to share with my son. Any stories you want to leave us with any, um, any funny ghost stories? Any ghost stories. Let me think. I mean, no, that's not funny. I was like, I can share one if you want to think about one. Mm-hmm. I I always shared like I was super protected growing up in the yeah, I couldn't do anything. Like my, my parents were so strict. And I grew up in, you know, this part of New Jersey that was like typical New Jersey. We listen to Bon Jovi, Bruce Springsteen, whatever. Very suburban outside of New York City. You know, and I was in love with someone, actually the one who I feel like shows up on his birthday every year and we were trying to find a place to be alone right and and I was it just was not going to happen my mom showed up early once a huge thunderstorm happened we were outside and we were finally alone in the woods and I even feel weird saying this like I'm all my parents gonna find out and I was like, oh my God, we're finally going to be alone. And, and we were on Ghost Pony Road, which is like, we're in this part of the woods. There was also like an abandoned mansion back there, but it was called Ghost Pony Road. Mm-hmm. And we're smooth, you know, we're kissing. We're... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, it's like, oh, finally. I mean, anyway, something ran by like big like because we had the windows open it was like you know it's cool up there it was oh my gosh you have the windows open we're in the woods nobody's around but something huge ran by but it was nothing right it wasn't we didn't see anything i mean if he was here today he could vouch for it they must have been the ghost pony i thought it was a deer right so as we were exiting we saw the name of the road but something definitely ran by that was not a thing, but the sound, right, was so loud. I remained a pristine Catholic. I mean, I never, that, that's probably why that guy haunts me to this day because it just never went down, you know? It just, yeah, it, yeah I never, I'm so sorry, ex boyfriend, but stop haunting me. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. It was a ghost. It was a ghost. So that's my funny ghost story. And it also definitely, yes, was part of my uh, coming of age as a, as a woman. <laughs> The ghost, maybe that was on purpose too, but it definitely was. Do you believe that you're like more susceptible, just like your mom? I believe my aunt is very susceptible to paranormal things. She has so many stories and that's who else I get it from, my aunt. She's like the cool aunt, you know, she's like the youngest of the group. She was the younger age. She got me everything I wanted. She's always spoiled me and always felt like she was more of like a kind of like a older sister type of thing you know so she would tell us these stories and she was being legit though she's like no this one time I was with your cousin we were driving back to this place called Cheto it's in Texas called Asherton nicknamed Cheto Texas we were on the back road going back from New Year's and 
Liliana was awake. I think her name was Liliana. No, sorry. Her name is Liliana. Sorry, got them confused. Liliana is our, our coworker. They're such super similar names. And my tia, they were in the car and she was like, we were driving, we were talking. We both looked to the right and we both said, oh, did you see that? And they, she is like crying. Liliana's crying. She's like, oh my God, what was that? They said it at the exact same time. Everybody else was asleep. They were the only two awake. My aunt said, we were driving, we were talking. I see this thing. I see this person. Like you're getting closer to the car. It's one way road, dead in the middle of the night, no lights around. So it's only your car. We see a person walking, but the sooner we got to it, it looked like, and she kind of paused. And I was like, what did it look like? She's like, it looked like he was holding his head in his hands that's what she said it looked like he was holding his head in his hands he had no head it was in his hands it's like she has she has she can see maybe what you know can't be seen or someone else saw it at the same time that she saw it she was i was so scared i almost cried I had to pull it together for um iliana but i didn't even look in the room room mirror i was that afraid i was like afraid afraid and she just She's like, Ponle. she just drove to the house. She didn't love you. She did not have any time to look back. She's like, goodbye. I'm a, I'm a definitely a fan. Like I, I do think the more you are interested in it, the more you are open to it. Yeah. The more is going to show up. And I feel very, you know, very comforted by this conversation, Christina, because <laughs> oh, oh. <Yeah. laughs> I don't talk about these stories all the time, but no. um, a lot of people experience these and they have the same hesitation, which is kind of crazy because they don't want to be seen crazy as crazy. But I think it's crazy not to share these similarities because if they're real to you and they're real to someone else, then what's what's going on here, you know? Yeah. And, and I don't know what happens in, in some communities, but I think, you know, this podcast has always been dedicated to equity and like, you know, equity and storytelling and that, okay, maybe... Maybe that's also another edge that some of uh, maybe the lesser represented communities have and that we, you know, knowing about its origins and being comfortable with those became, you know, came before them and ghosts and folklore or that it's beyond folklore, right? There's knowledge out there that's, yeah, maybe, maybe it's not so comfortable for the mainstream to know. So like there, there is equity in storytelling and, and, and in different cultures, death is perceived similar, different, yeah. you know, some of this is not even like, oh, you saw a ghost. Yeah. You know, that can be, yeah, of course, normal, normalized in a different culture. You know, it's so individualistic with the different communities around the world. I think it's, you're inspiring, uh, the organization, I think the, you know, we do programs with girls and it'd probably be great to do more of this kind of storytelling because I think they all have stories that they're getting, stories of their own, because I think, yeah, like there hasn't been a fair amount of lens put on the Latina girls we work with and the other girls of color we work with. They're, yes, they're seen as like not the the reality of most, right? And they are the reality of most, I think. Or what deems what paranormal? I mean, the government just released UFO sightings. So, y'all, anything's possible. That's going to be our uh, next podcast. 
back to Eddie. Oh, I have, I have legit, like, that's a part of the other stories that I have alien yeah. abduction and alien encounters. And the fear that these women have told me, like, yeah. no, I saw this. this Especially you're from South Texas, to like, me. wide open spaces. Yeah. This legitimate happened to me. This is in my medical records, you know, crazy stories like that. Yeah. And it, and it goes back to that feminism of intuition. Um, if men are writing the science books, if white men are, are determining what's reality and what's not reality, well then, yeah, of course, many of these experiences get, you know, erased. And so uh, I, I love that we're talking about <laughs> on You're like, finally um, somewhere where we can actually hold the space for the unusual. And that's the thing that I'm very transparent about is, yeah, debunk this. Show me that it's fake. I myself am curious to see how it can be fake, you know, like maybe it's not real. Maybe this has an explanation, you know. You know, just like media, you know, cinema, you know, you want to see more stories that really show how the world really is, what the true mosaic of, you know, people are. And I think this is part of it. This is sort of a, this is a segment that it hasn't gotten its, uh, you know, proper attention and how it, you know, again, intuition or yes, how it keeps us from harm, how it brings us, you know, brings us a feeling. Yeah. These paranormal experiences, how they define us or how we are feared, how they can define us in our community, you know? When, when you come back in the next life, who who do you want to haunt? Who would I want to haunt in the life after this? I feel like I would want to not haunt, but oversee my family and make sure that they're okay. If that were to ever happen, I would want to make use of my eternalness and ensure the safety and guidance. Just like I'm pretty sure they're doing for myself, you know. Me too. I want to be there like my grandmother was there for me during that time. It's just a protective, it just it was just a sensation, right? But I also I I think I want to haunt some people. I think I'm gonna haunt some of these, you know, superficial politicians that don't that don't, you know, that don't practice what they live in pre I think I I will like, I can have some real fun with it. Yeah, you scare them and Oh my God, that's those that you know are not making decisions to benefit you know those that the, the the greater world those that are being selfish and you know uh yeah I think I have I think I'd like to do some haunting and use well. your power for good <laughs> <laughs> well I, I hadn't imagined that discussing the paranormal in the spirit of Halloween and Dia de los Muertos would end up tying into unrepresented equity themes but the more Christina and I talked about our own ghosts and that which were handed down to us, it became clear that these stories have as much merit as any family historical narrative. That they hinted of weird and strange interactions shouldn't make them any less important. We talked about how certain people of certain cultures, maybe those that are lesser represented in media, they may have higher intuition when it comes to these experiences. And that when all voices are counted the same, maybe those that qualify as paranormal will get their due. 